Well, hello and welcome to uh, Freedom Baptist Church and our online service today. We're so glad that you can make it with us, especially if you are a visitor today. We want to just say uh, you are very welcome and we're glad that you found this message and this service and we hope it is encouraging to you as well. Uh, had the opportunity this week to see many of you and I was so glad to do that as Dan Mullen and I were handing out uh, Sunday school material and uh, I was just glad to see everyone in person for once and uh, most of you seem to be doing very well although everyone seems to be anxious also to get back to church and so just want to let you know that uh, some of the leaders of our church have met together and we are discussing when would be the best time uh, to have services back at the church and uh, it still may not be for a while yet we're going to be looking at uh, what the state of Illinois has to say in the next coming weeks and then we will uh, be making a decision about when to come back to church and so in the meantime uh, we just want to go ahead and invite you back to uh, Sunday school if you've not been doing that we have Sunday school at 930 on Sunday mornings and that is through zoom uh, which is an online uh, video chatting service and so just about anyone who has a computer with a camera can do this so don't feel like it's too intimidating and in fact I would be glad to walk you through it over the phone or over the computer as well and so if you would like to do that and you've not been doing it uh, just uh, send me an email or give me a call on my phone number and I would be glad to get you the link for that uh, also the same thing goes for Wednesday night Bible study we're still doing that at 7 p.m. we've been talking about discipleship it's been uh, really good I think so far and we've got a few more weeks to go on discipleship so uh, it's not too late for you to join in it's at 7 p.m. and it would be the same link same service zoom and uh, so we would be glad to help you in any way that we can uh, to get hooked up uh, with those uh, Bible studies that we're still doing uh, of course we continue and want to start out today by praying for our church and for our nation uh, one thing that's really been on my heart, of course, is the salvation of souls. And so many times we get caught up in, in the details of uh, the coronavirus situation that we forget that uh, there's another illness out there. There's another sickness uh, that has eternal consequences. And so I hope that you'll be praying for me as we have opportunities to share the gospel. And not only share it, but just to ask that God would move in a sovereign way. Uh, in helping people to understand the gospel and come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so we want to be praying for the salvation of souls. And if you have someone in particular that you would like me to pray for, the church to pray for, uh, please feel free to uh, forward that to me. We would be glad to pray uh, for the person that you are uh, praying for as well. We also, of course, want to pray for wisdom uh, for our church as we make decisions about the future of our church. And also, we want to lift up our offering today. We, uh, of course, can't gather together to take our offering, but you can send that into the church. And there is an address at the end of this video where you can send that, uh, of course. Uh, I'm reminded of Jesus in Luke 18.1. Uh, and he's, he told them a parable, and it was to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. And so as we go to the Lord today, Let's remember that. Let's remember that even though it seems like a long time and it has been a long time since we've been together, 
not to lose heart, but to continue to pray for the salvation of souls, to pray for people, and uh, to pray for our current situation. So let's go ahead and open in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be uh, together today, virtually and online. We pray that you would uh, guide and direct our church as we go through these difficult times. We know that uh, times in the past for Christians have been even more difficult, and you saw each and every person through that very difficult time. And so we trust in you, we place our hope in you, and we turn towards you uh, as we pray and seek for the souls of lost people, that they would come to know Jesus Christ, that we would be able to clearly present the gospel to them. We pray also that you might continue to give us wisdom as we uh, navigate these uh, difficult waters. And it's difficult to know exactly what path you want us to take sometime, but I'm, I'm just thankful for the unity that we have in our church. And I'm thankful for uh, you guiding us. And we pray that you would do that. And then we want to lift up our offering uh, to you today. It, it's, it, it's an act of worship as much as our singing or as much as the preaching with God's word. And we want you to be pleased with our offering and we want to use it wisely. And so we pray that you would help us to do that. Helps to give generously um, out, of a, out of a heart uh, for the love of people. Uh, and so we pray that you would be with us during the rest of our service. And we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. And now we're going to have a couple songs. We have some special music today. And I'm so, so glad for the people who are willing to uh, give of their time and their talents to record songs for us. And, uh, and that we can sing together. And so we'll be back after those songs.
Well, thank you so much for those songs and I uh, hope they were a blessing to you and I hope you followed along with the words and uh, sang right along with uh, the words today. Uh, it's so important that we do that. Well, today we're going to be continuing and looking at God's love for us, but also specifically what is our response uh, to a loving God. And we've, uh, other than Mother's Day, we've been talking about how God has loved us and we've seen how the Father has loved us. He's created us in His image uh, to love us and to have a relationship with Him. However, we broke that relationship, but God in His love is long-suffering. He's patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so He did not even spare His own Son in His great love for us, but gave Him as a sac sacrifice for us all. And when we receive Him as Lord and Jesus Christ, we are reunited with Him in a, a relationship that cannot be dissolved. And He is committed in His love to us to the very end. And He has given us every spiritual blessing that is in the heavenly places. And that is how God the Father has loved us, and also in so many other ways that we don't have time to really talk about. But the Holy Spirit, the other part of the Trinity, including the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, loves us as well. He has given us spiritual life. He dwells within us and is a guide for us. He empowers us and helps us to live the new Christian life. And He has given us the gifts of the Spirit, such as teaching and administration and serving and helps. And as He lives within us, He continues to purify us. He unites God's people with a common love and a common mission and purpose for us together. And not only has the Father loved us and the Holy Spirit loved us, but of course our Savior Jesus has loved us. And we ask a question uh, in a previous sermon, why does Jesus love sinners? He loves us because He is God and God is love. But Jesus also loves us because Believers are a gift from God the Father to Jesus. And so, because Jesus loves the Father, we are a precious gift to Him that He loves and He wants to shepherd and take care of. Jesus demonstrates His love to us through His sacrificial giving of His life. He left His heavenly home. He left the comforts of heaven. He left His glory in heaven. And He lived a life of sacrifice amongst us. We call this his humiliation, but he was not. He did not come as a uh, as a king in all the all the king's glory, but he came uh, as, as a young child born in a manger, and he spent approximately thirty years, uh, for the most part, being a nobody. No one knew him. No one really paid special attention to him until he began his ministry at about the age of thirty, and then as he began his ministry, he lived a sacrificial uh, life where he cared for people. He spent long hours of teaching and healing people. Many times the crowds would follow him and he, he would have to go to a secluded place away from them. But he gave many, many hours of his time teaching and healing people, bestowing forgiveness upon people. And then finally, he endured rejection by his people. And he died a sacrificial death for us, a death on a cross. He rose three days later and he ascended to the Father. And now in his sacrificial love, he intercedes for us even now. 
So our main question for today after that brief review is, how do we respond to so great a love that God has shown to us? Well, first of all, we must acknowledge that many do not know of God's love. And so earlier in the service today, we prayed for those who do not know of God's love, who have never heard the message of the gospel. We must, of course, get the gospel to them so that they can have the opportunity to believe and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But they don't know. Sadly, many today have heard the gospel message and they say no. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine after sacrificing yourself and sacrificing your son as God has done for us in a loving way that people would say no? But it's true. Many people say no and we continue to pray for them. We continue to pray that they would come to their senses and respond to God's offer of love and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. But possibly even more sad is that many people who hear merely ignore and continue to live their lives apart from God's love. And of course, I hope that we all know what our response to God's love should be. We should respond to God's love and love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We should love God with everything that we have, holding nothing back in reserve. And so that brings us for our scripture today. It's a short section of scripture, but these are such powerful words. They have always, uh, they have always stuck in my mind as uh, very key verses for a Christian to know. And so we're going to be talking about them today after we read the scripture. And so if you have your Bible open to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 to 15, uh, I hope you will turn there and uh, that we can read this together. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these short two verses that tell us so much about your love for us and how we should respond to your love. Father, teach us now. Teach us now not only with knowledge, but also with wisdom that we should be the people of God that you want us to be, that we will have fully surrendered lives to you after we have heard this message and understand that we are to live no longer for ourselves, but we're to live for Jesus Christ. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, these verses are a little particular in that uh, we have the opportunity to start out with a conclusion in the beginning rather at the end. Of course, we will have some concluding statements at the end of the message. But it's important to know that Paul starts out with a conclusion that is so important for us here today. And he draws a conclusion about how God has loved us and what our response should be to that. And he says, we have concluded that one person, Jesus Christ, has died to save all who would believe. And these, this is verified throughout all scripture that Jesus came 
to die on a cross for our sins, that it was one person who died for all who would believe so that they might be saved. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. I don't know of a verse that makes it more clear or more plain than that. Christ suffered once for our sins. He was the righteous one who suffered for the unrighteous, and he did this for a very specific purpose. He didn't do it just to make an offer of salvation, but he did it to actually complete our salvation, that we might be brought to God. And so this is not an empty promise when we say that Christ died on the cross for sinners in order to bring them to God. God is sovereign and he will bring about the salvation of his people. Paul once again uh, says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he reminds us of what the gospel is, the gospel which he preached and by which he stood upon and which we stand upon if we are saved. And that very simple gospel is that Paul delivered to you, to them, as of first importance, what he also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And we find out also in 2 Corinthians that for our sake, God made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteous of God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. He made Jesus to become sin. Jesus had never sinned against God, and yet the sins of the world were put upon Jesus in such a way that those who believe and trust in him have that sin debt taken away, and they are also given complete righteousness in God. What a blessed event that is. What a blessed gift that is to us. And that's one reason why our response to God's love for us is that we should love him as well. Paul also, Paul also goes on and says that we have concluded all who believed have died. Now this does not mean physical death, but this means that our old way of life when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior has passed away. We no longer live in our own life. We no longer live according to our old nature, which is corrupt and susceptible to sin. But we have died to ourselves. We have surrendered our life to Christ. And we now have died, but we now live for Christ. Paul, once again, has the words that we need to hear for us today. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul knew that his old life had, had died. In his old life, he was an enemy of Christ. And now he is a friend of Christ. He says that when Christ was crucified, because we are united with Christ through our believing and trusting in him, we also our old life has been crucified. And so we should no longer live the way that we did in the past. Sadly, many people, many people who are Christians are caught in their old way of life. They never move on to the new life that they have in Christ. 
but they continue with the old pattern of life. If you are one of those, let me tell you today that there is freedom in Christ from that old life. The old life of sin with its consequences that drags us down and does not give us peace. But there is hope and there is freedom in Christ. Turn to Christ today. Give your whole life to Him. Surrender your whole life to God and you will never be sorry that you did. So, we, so now we have died with Christ. We believe that we will also live with Him. And that's what this is all about. We have died into our old way of life so that we can live a new life for Christ. In just a couple verses from our text today in verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new have come. Friend, you have a new life in Christ if you have trusted uh, your life to Him, your eternal life to Him. Don't be stuck in the old ways, but enjoy the new life that Christ has given to you. This new life is one of selflessness. It's one where we no longer look to ourselves, but we look to Christ. We no longer live for ourselves because Christ's love controls us. I hope that you get this point because it's the main point of the message. We no longer as Christians live for ourselves because of Christ's great love for us and now our great love for Him, that love controls us. It hems us in, it compels us, it constrains us. We realize how much God loves us and the sacrifice that He has made for us and we return His love by being compelled, by being constrained, and by being controlled by His love. I think of what many people's life are like before they are married. They're single. Uh, maybe they're a little bit selfish. It's all about them. But things become different when we have a family, don't they? And I know that all of you can testify to this. When you get a spouse and you begin to have children, then many times a life that was before selfish becomes one of selflessness. You're more concerned about your children, you're more concerned about your spouse than you are about yourself. And that's the way it is with becoming a Christian. Because of God's great love for us, we respond in love to Him, and we no longer think about ourselves, but we think about Christ. We think about His kingdom. We think about His glory. We think about the mission that He has given us to reach the nations for Christ. And so because of great, God's great love for us, we begin to think differently. And I'll conclude our message today by saying these few things. When sin is crouching at the door and tempts us to act against God's ways, the love of Christ and our love for Christ controls us. Love motivates us not to sin against God. And so, the one who has truly trusted in Christ does not continue in their sin. And all of us sin, but to blatantly, uh, willfully sin against God is not showing love for God. And so when sin comes crouching at the door and tempts us to act against God's ways, the love of Christ and our love for Christ controls us and we turn away 
from that sin. When we look at the world and we're being swayed to follow its ways, the love of Christ and our love for Christ constrains us. It hems us in and it protects us by not going the way of the world. And then finally, when we see our friends, neighbors, and relatives, and they're lost and they're headed for a fiery punishment in hell, the love of Christ and our love for Christ compels us to warn them and point the way to Christ as their Savior and Lord. Love compels us to act. And so I hope that you see today that God has loved us with a great love. He has lavished his love upon us. And we, in return, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we should respond in life by loving him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And because of Christ's great love for us, we live no longer for ourselves, but we live for and love Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to experience your love in the scripture, but not only in the scripture, but in our very lives. As you, through the Holy Spirit and our belief in Christ, have come to live within us and you guide us and you direct us and you give us hope and peace. What a great and loving Father you are to us. Help us today to surrender not part of our life, but our complete life to you today, that we might enjoy a relationship with you, but also that our love for you might control our actions, might compel us to loving acts, and would constrain us from the things of the world, so that we ultimately might bring glory and honor to you. We pray these things, do these things in our lives, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. How deep the Father's love for Beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch's treasure. How great the pain of searing loss! The Father turns his face away as wounds which by the chosen sons to glory. Behold the bread upon your cross, my sin upon his shoulders, ashamed I hear my mocking Until it was accomplished, 
His dying breath has brought me back. I know that it is finished. Paid my ransom. The wounds have paid my ransom. 